0: Man, the Lord is just so good. I'm going to go right into the message, if I may. And I just want to say thank you for those, you that joined us this morning. Especially guests or new people on board with us that haven't been on board. I look so forward to us becoming better friends and us really getting to know each other. But I just want to give place to the Word of the Lord this morning. And, and I want to honor, make sure, because I, I believe that what God wants me to talk about today it's that, it's that type of Word. It's built around... The word honor. And one thing for sure in all of our lives, we must learn to honor God more. Or we must learn to fear God more. Because fear is the the initial ingredient to each one of us being able to walk victorious. So would you mind stretching forth your hand toward me just a quick moment? I'm just going to ask the presence of the Lord. Lord, I desire so much just to speak your words today. And so, Lord, I ask You that You would empower my words. That, Lord, cause them to be Your words, Lord. Lord, I didn't come here to help people. I came here to allow You to help people. And You to help all of our lives, Lord. So, Lord, I ask You, Father, that You would give me the power, precious Holy Spirit, to communicate. Lord, give me the strength and the grace of God. Lord, give me the, the order, Lord, to be able to communicate Your heart. ...to their heart, Lord, because it's important, Lord, that not only God brings people into our lives... ...but, Lord, it's important for us to have more of you in our life. So it's you that we invite, Lord, it's your presence that we desire, it's you that we hunger and thirst for, Lord... ...and we thirst, Lord, as a deer pants for the water, we come into your presence today, Lord thirsting for you and wanting more of you, God, and more of your grace and and more of your mercy and more of your power, more of your understanding, Lord. And Lord, the things of God are truly spiritually discerned. There's no way that mentally we can ascend to them. So Lord, we, we ask that the precious Holy Spirit would empower us today to be able to grasp hold of the infinite God and, and to be able to be helped by you and be able to touch you and allow you to touch us. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Praise God i want to talk again about the fear of God. This is an interesting journey that we're on, especially at this time, uh, because I, I believe it's unique. I said it last time, but the, the things that we're growing in now and not just here, I mean, wherever you are, the, the things that you're growing, it's of vital importance because they're, they have a last day sense with them. I, I don't believe a one of us can pull off to ourselves and say, this time is like all the other times. I mean, this is a unique experience, not only here, but across this world. I mean, things are happening that's never happened before, but God prophesied those things that would happen even those thousands of years ago. And the Bible said, when ye see these things come to pass, it says, look up. Look up before your redemption is coming near. So the Lord is... So it's, it's a different season. So I have to shake myself because the old enemy wants me to be same old, same old. But I I can't be same old, same old. This is a different season. This is a different hour, man. Though we're getting preparing for the Lord's coming. And you and I, before we ever meet as a church again, we may meet each other in the clouds, man. I mean, it's wonderful that the prophecies are happening the Bible says that you can watch Israel and watch the work of God in them and Israel becomes the time clock or it lets you know when it, when it's getting time for the coming of the Lord and I tell you the things are there happening the time clock is ticking I can almost feel the entrance of the Son of God and he's prepared so it's an exciting time amen how many of you are thankful to be able to live in these exciting times? Give the Lord a hand clap if you are. Wow. Lord, we just love being a part of, of something that's consummating. Praise the Lord. All right, I'm going to talk about the fear of the Lord. Uh, now, fear of the Lord is so important because it's an ingredient that must happen in each of our lives. It's, an, uh, it's a something that not only must be a part of my life, but I must be growing in it. In fact, we're going to do a little bit of study here this morning and just see that the importance of this ingredient. But the Bible explicitly tells me that the fear of the Lord becomes the dividing line in all of our lives. What that means is the fear of the Lord. I'm not saying salvation or not salvation, but I am saying blessed or not blessed, helped or not helped, peace or joy or turmoil. That because the fear of God is what is able to release these into our life, in fact, the Bible says that the anointing that Jesus had on his life was the anointing of the spirit of the fear of the Lord. In fact, you and I, God has given us help at this season there isn 't a There's an anointing that rests on our life that's called the anointing is the spirit of the fear of God. It's so important that even the Holy Spirit is assigned in this special task. The Holy Spirit is trying to help us to learn and to grow in the fear of God. Now, the importance is is so many. In fact, there's about 30 major promises, Billy, that the Bible tells us that become mine through the fear of the Lord. I mean, the Bible is just full. When we think about an Old Testament person, we think about somebody that lived in a fear of the Lord life. When we think of... But I want to show you quickly this morning that not only was it for the Old Testament. Man, the fear of the Lord is for now. And not only is it for now, it's going to be with us throughout eternity. That this wonderful, this wonderful acknowledging of God in our life. Praise God. In your Bibles, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 9, verse 10. It says these words, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It is the beginning work of wisdom in our life. In fact, you can't be wise. And I know that's a shock, right? But we can't be wise without the fear of God. The more the fear of God that we have in our life, the more spiritual wisdom that we have in life. And that, and uh, whether whether I have spiritual wisdom, it tells me whether I'm going to be able to make it, whether I'm going to be able to do it, whether I'm going to be able to become it. But so it's so important. Then, so the the fear of the Lord is the very beginning ingredient. To God working in my life and giving me a supernatural wisdom. Wherever you're walking. Some of you here this morning say, Lord, I just need to know what to do with my family. Others say, I just need to know what to do in the job. Others of you may say, I-, I just need to know what to do to find the peace in my life. Others say, I need to know how to handle retirement. Some of you say, I need to know how to start Toward retirement. But wherever you are, there is a wisdom that God has in that particular area. And the wisdom cannot start working in your life until the fear of God is a major position in your life. Amen. So I could go on and on several. So many scriptures this morning. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is what God uses to teach me. God, when you have the fear of God, you become a special student are special pupil of the Lord. If you have the fear of God operating your life, then God is, you're in a special grade. You're not in kindergarten, you're not in first grade, you're in the fear of the Lord grade. And what that means is God has chosen you to teach you special things about His life. But not only that, the Bible says in Psalms 25 that the secret of the Lord is with those that fear Him. God is revealing secrets. You know, you tell secrets to your best friends, right? And so what God is saying here that He talks and reveals secret. God has a secret to everything going on in any of our lives. Whatever it is that's not working, God has a secret. God has a secret key that's able to turn and open that lock and cause it to, working, uh, to work. If your health's not working, if your finances are not working, if your relationships are not working, God's got a secret that He wants to reveal. Feel. But the Lord can't do that till we meet the condition of the fear of the Lord. And so, in the book of Proverbs chapter 10, it says the fear of the Lord prolongs days. It lengthens life. You want to live longer? The Bible says the beginning basis of that is for, is, somebody said, I just pray about it. Honey, you need not do more than pray about it. You need to allow God to create the spirit of the fear of God in you. There has to be an increase in our the fear of the Lord that's working in our life. Now, I could go on and on. There's got several separate scriptures. There's 30 major miracles that God opens up my life to when I will move into the fear of God. But I just want to talk about them from, from four of the four categories here, real quick. First of all, I want you to know that Jesus had the fear of God. That was Jesus' secret. Somebody said, Wow, I just wish I could do it like Jesus. That's, that's Jesus' secret. He was anointed with the Spirit. Of the fear of God. And the Bible says that spirit of the fear of God worked in his life and caused other miracles to happen. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7. If you have it, there, I'm sure they're showing it on the back screen. But Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7 says, Who in the days of his flesh... This is talking about Jesus. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him, who was able to save him from death... And Jesus was heard because of what? Because of his godly fear. Jesus' prayers were answered because of godly fear. We get sidetracked. Somebody says, well, I just have faith in God. It takes faith. Faith is an important ingredient for God answering. But not only does it take faith, it takes the fear of God. The Bible says that Jesus' prayers were answered because that he had the fear of God in his life, now notice what it says in first John chapter three verse twenty two not only did Jesus get his prayers answered through the fear of God, notice why it says, and we will receive from Him, whatever we ask. Everybody got a Whatever that you need this morning, you need God to do a whatever in the midst of your life. It says that you will receive whatever we ask because we obey Him and do those things that please Him. Do you see that? Somebody says, I just have faith. It takes faith, but it also takes a willingness in our hearts, the fear of God, to please in God. In fact, you can measure, and Tim so beautifully brought out this in the prayer meeting last night. You can measure the amount of the fear of God in accordance with how small the things are in your life that you care about what Jesus cares about what that means is this what I'm saying is, the one thing is the smaller the things in your life that you are concerned is this of the Lord. Does God want this in my life? Does God want then you can measure the amount of the fear of God by the by the smallness of the areas that you bring to the Lord to surrender. I mean man, somebody say, Well man, I got the big things covered. Honey, most of us have the big things covered. I mean, when we come to Jesus, most of us have the big things covered, but it's not the big things covered that causes the fear of God to grow in my life. It's the small things that when they're covered. Notice what it said here. They said, God will answer my prayer because I do those things. Everybody say, do. We don't like that word. We want to just believe it. We want to just receive it. But the Bible says, because I do those things that please him. Why right now, so not only is it answer the prayers in Jesus' life is an added ingredient, and not only is it the ingredient that I can add to my prayer life to cause answers to prayers to come. But notice what it says in Hebrews chapter twelve. It's talking about it's New Testament believers. It says, "Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably." With reverence and godly fear. Do you see what it says? Not only does God expect Abraham to have godly fear, but now the Lord tells us that as a New Testament believer, God is looking at my life and God's expecting me to have the fear of the Lord. I mean, we're in loosey goosey grace at this, you know, across this world. Live like you want to, live like the devil, and then believe God for miracles. It doesn't work that way, honey. And the longer you serve the Lord, you're going to find out it does not work that way. It, God is answering people truly that have faith in Him, but they also have an act of obedience in their life to serve Him. And they're concerned with does my ways or does my life please God? So the Bible says here that that New Testament believer, everybody say New Testament believers. Is, is anybody else here this morning? New Testament believers. If you're a New Testament believer, let me hear you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. New Testament believers. God's expecting, as a New Testament believer, He's expecting me to have fear of the Lord. I've got to learn to fear God. I love God. I've got to learn to fear God. All right. We're going to talk about that in just a quick minute. All right. Now, let's talk about two. Not only does New Testament believers, but God sees this as so important. He says, I'm supposed to teach my children as a New Testament believer. It's one of the major teaching things. If you're a parent here today, you listen to this. Not only must you teach your children to love God, you've got to teach your children to fear God. Now, do you hear what I'm telling you? You've got to teach your children to love God. And not only must you teach your children that God loves them, but you must, if you want your children to grow up and be successful in life, you must teach your children to fear God. Let's see if that says that in the Bible. What the Bible says in Ephesians. Everybody say New Testament. Somebody shout that out. New Testament. Wow. Now, thank you for keeping me awake, please. All right. So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Notice what it says. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and in the fear of the Lord. Why are you supposed to bring them? You're supposed to bring them up, teaching them to fear God. Teaching them to fear God. All All right. Then not only is it Old Testament, not only was it Abraham, the first patriarch, and not only was it New Testament, and not only is it something God tells me I must teach my children, I wonder if it's going to be in heaven. Let's find out. Let's look in Revelation chapter 14, and let's see if this is the eternal thing that God wants to happen. You're talking about when I get to heaven, man, I don't have to fear God. No, the Bible says the opposite of that. In Revelation chapter 14, verse 6, 7 says, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel preached to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, and tongue, and people. Don't you love that? How God cares about everybody. And then it says, He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give Him glory. What's the angel in heaven saying? Fear God and give Him glory. What's he saying? Fear. I, thought he, I thought he wanted me to love God. He does want us to love God. Loving God is a major part of our Christian experience. But not only must I love God, and not only must I be grounded in the fact of how much God loves me, I must learn to fear God. Because fearing God is going to go with me throughout eternity. Praise God. I want to talk to you about fear of God in a little special way this morning. I want to talk about judgment. I want to talk about the fear of God and Judgment. Because during this last days what we're seeing is things happen on this earth. And as one news commentator said this past week, I saw that it was like the hand of God just hit that and just wiped it out of the way. And then I said say, My God, how missing you are to understand the judgment of God. And the things that we see happening around us, whether it's the fires that's burning in uh, uh, California or whether it's the drought that's taking place all the way out west or whether it's the storms that's taking place in the south, whatever it is. We look at that and we understand something different is happening in this world. And today we think about Africa. and We think about the severe drought and what they're going through. Lack of food. We're thinking about lack of medical health. All those things. Then we think about, wow, these diseases that begin to take place. It's almost frightening. And if we don't fear God, we will fear those. But God will help us. Because you know what the fear of God does? It drives out all other fears. Now, I'm going to tell you the wonderful thing about fearing God and the wonderful thing about honoring God... Is as you honor God, as you fear God, it drives out all those lesser fears. And all of a sudden, you find out that you don't have to fear man, and you don't have to fear tomorrow. And you don't have to fear what's going to happen, and you don't have to fear the world falling out from under you, because you fear God. Can you say amen? So the fear of God is that wonderful controlling factor. So we're going to talk about it. Now, There was uh, when we see that, we can see it readily in the book of Acts. I mean, the book of Acts is, is so wonderful because it tells me how to live. It also tells me how to believe and, and how to trust and how to put my faith. Uh, because, see, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it, it showed me how Jesus was teaching me to live. And then when Jesus went back to heaven at the beginning of the book of Acts, then he left me this glorious book. Did you know that the, that the writer of the book of Acts, Luke, do you know that he wrote 28%? Of the New Testament? That's how much God cares about me knowing the principles of how to live life just like Jesus and then how to act since Jesus is back in heaven. Now, the book of Acts is so good because what it does, it teaches me how to act since Jesus is back in heaven. Now, the book of Acts is a wonderful, miraculous book. In fact, I begin to know. Not only did Jesus live a miracle life, but now Jesus wants me to live a miracle life. Wow, got any takers? Do we have any takers? Oh, yeah. We got takers, don't we? Because God says, not only did Jesus teach me to live supernatural life, now God says, I want you to know I can help you to do that same thing. And do you know where your standard is? Do you know where your standard of a Christian life is? Somebody said, Brother Jerry, boy, have you got a low standard. And, and somebody said, Elaine, well, let me tell you, I can tell you some things about that gal where she won't be your standard anymore. Okay? No, I'm not talking about that. I'm not your standard. There's not a person in this church that's your standard. Jesus is your standard. Amen. And Jesus becomes that perfect example. And He gave us the strength and the power to live life. Like him. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? See, some of you right here this morning, you've got storms happening in your life, and you don't know what to do. You've got circumstances going on and you don't know what to do. You've got some winds that's blowing in your life and you don't know how to handle them. Some of you are really having a problem trying to trying to jostle job and and and, and family and, and how do you take care of your health and, and how see those things. But see I'm here to tell you. Jesus is your standard. And Jesus in His Word is so wonderful. Somebody just give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Don't you love Jesus? Man. And in His Word, He gave me an example of how He wanted me to live. And then He went back to heaven, and He gave us that marvelous book called Acts. It's somebody said, that, that's Acts of the Apostles. You know, that's what's just given that. It's really Acts of the Holy Spirit. It's acts of the Holy Spirit through you and I. So what happened was the Lord began to move miraculously in the beginning of the book of Acts. And then before we know it, then we hit also we had Acts chapter 5. And, and what happened then the process of it, you know, it's just easy to go along with the flow and not get all the ingredients that you need. Now, I don't know about you, but I found out some of the things that I get in the flow of going I end up getting there and I don't have all the ingredients I need. One such is learning about the IRS. Anybody found out you are missing when it comes to the ingredients of how to work out things with them? You know, I get in the flow. Well, it's the same way it has happened in the book of Acts about God. In the book of Acts, man, they hit it supernaturally. Man, wow. People get saved in about one day. Acts chapter 2. 3,000 people came to the Lord. Wow, so wonderful. And then the church would just make an increase in the church of blessing. But all of a sudden, we hit Acts chapter 5. And Acts chapter 5, God has a way of testing every one of us. You may not know it, but God tests you. But God doesn't test you for Him. Because He knows you. But God tests you for you. So that you will know you and so what happened is they hit they hit Acts chapter 5 and the couple a wonderful couple named Ananias and Sapphira and all of a sudden they hit Ananias and Sapphira and what Ananias and Sapphira found out I missed a chunk of my Christian experience I didn't get the fear of God They had gotten a lot of other things. They had a lot of other things working in their life, but the thing that they missed in their life was the fear of God. Now, I dare say I don't want that to happen to one of you. I don't believe it's the will of the Lord for you to get all the other ingredients and then to miss one of the major ingredients that makes your life work. That that opens up God as the God of miraculous supernatural ways and, and allows the Lord to be Lord in your life because that's what the fear of God does. The fear of God takes me off of the throne and allows me to honor Him as the one that sits on the throne of my life. And so, what? And it's just easy to miss that. So, what happened? They got to Acts chapter five. When they got to Acts chapter five, here's Ananias and Sapphira. Man, they're rolling in the money. Their business is doing good. They have they have sold their house. They've been selling. They've been good in the market. They've they've done well in the stock markets, and everything is doing well. And now they come to bring to the Lord. And you know, nowhere in the Bible did God require them. That they should bring all of that to the Lord. But see, that wasn't the problem. That that wasn't the honoring of God that they missed. It's because they showed up and they lied. You know, I don't know what it is, weaknesses of our childhood traumas. I had a young man that I just loved so much, and he's with the Lord now. He came to me one time, he was one of my very best friends. And I used to love for him to sit and tell me the stories. Man, he had some interesting stories about his life. About like you, Grady. And he had some interesting stories about his life. And so, a service after service, he was also a talker. So what that meant is, him and I would usually stand and talk for a considerable while after service. And after I'd known him for a few years, the Holy Spirit got a hold of his life. I thought the Holy Spirit always had a hold to his life. He said, Jerry, he said, you know, almost everything I told you was a lie. He said, I thought that and told that about my life to the point I even believed it myself. That's what you call honoring God. That was the part that Ananias and Sapphira left out of their lives what it was the Bible says you didn't lie unto men you didn't know God was listening you didn't understand God was watching you didn't understand God cared I didn't think God cared about that little thing well I didn't think He would care about one little lie me telling Peter one little lie Peter said it was in your power you could give or not give that wasn't the question the question was when you lied God heard it then the Bible said in Acts chapter 5 because they lied and what Peter called that Peter called that lying to the Holy Ghost and I would think no man you lied to Peter that's okay they forgot God was listening. Now, people that don't fear God, we don't think God cares about those little areas. And we don't think about God's involved in those little areas. And so we go on with our childhood traumas and our childhood lies and our circumstances and our feelings of inferiority and our feelings of pride. and We start living out those things in a Christian life. Which, that's what the fear of God is to help each one of us overcome. And there comes a point where God says, It's test day. It's test day. I tell you, I have have probably cried many a tear with people that they thought life was just going to continue like it was going Uh, They thought, well, I can keep my things, and it's okay, man. (laughs) But then all of a sudden, one day it's test day. It's like Sister Thelma. I mean, man, those kids that do so well in that class, and why in the world she has to learn a good school year by giving a test? (laughs) God does that same thing. That's called honor fear of the Lord. Now let me tell you, and so judgment fell that day. And judgment and out of, because of judgment and Anas and Sapphira both died immediately. And the Bible says that when they in Acts chapter 5, that when they died that fear came on all the people. See, some people, fear runs you Away from God. But God's looking for people that your fears will run you to God. Adam, where are you? That's what God said. You remember? He was in the garden walking there. Where are you, Adam? Adam, where are you? I've come to let my presence be in your life. And Adam said, I was afraid, so I hid. That's what people do. That's not developing the fear of God, honoring God in their life, knowing God's listening, God's watching, and one day is going to be God's test. One day is going to do just like Sister Thelma. He's going to show up in my life and run a good life. <laughs> By giving me a test That's what happened to Ananias and Sapphira God showed up that day I said I've blessed you I've helped you But today's test day I didn't know it was test day God I thought it was like all the other days I thought you didn't care about my little problems <laughs> God said I was listening And I was watching Now let me uh, quickly an explanation. I know Stephen is right there. And that sound tells me I'm almost over. Okay. (laughs) There's all type of judgment that's taking place. And some people have the wrong misunderstanding of judgment. Judgment has nothing to do with God's deciding. It's not that God will decide one day. Your life has Had enough of my grace, it's time for you to change. That's not the way God, just like the commentator said. Well, God just took His hand, and on that beach area of Fort Myers, God just took His hand and went like that. That's not judgment. In fact, the Bible gives a clear view that there's two judgments. There's good judgment and there's bad judgment. I like the good judgment. The good judgments of God says, By His stripes you were healed. <laughs> I like that judgment. I like the judgment that says, God gives me His peace. Don't you like that? That's a good judgment. How many love that good judgment? On that good judgment side, it's so wonderful because when it, on the good judgment, it's everything good. And what the devils in business are doing they're trying to convince you that God's not good all the time God's good all the time so on the good side of judgment, man I love that man wow. On that good side, I get all the promises and all the blessings of God. I I mean, when I get something in my life, it's because God has judged that to be that way. The Bible says, whatsoever I will ask in His name, believing, it will be done. That's God's judgment. His judgment has judged it to be that way in my life. Or be that way in all of our lives. So therefore, but what is wrong judgment? What's bad judgment? Bad judgment comes anytime I try to do any part of life void of God. Do you realize God created everything? There's not anything that you can see, hear, feel, or touch, honey, that God didn't create. And God created everything to operate under His power. Anything that is void of God's power. It's chaos. Anything with God's power is order. Divine order. How many would rather live in divine order? Man, I've lived in a house with kids when everything was chaos. Let me tell you, it's so much better. Somebody say, it's so much better. It's so much better to live life in order. Because life in order is good. Life in chaos is bad. So anything in life that you take God out of, anything you remove God out of, let's take a marriage. You may feel that you love God this morning, but you have held your marriage away from God. And because you haven't surrendered, then God has not been able to get into that marriage. And that marriage will always be chaotic until you make a decision. I've got to fear God in that area. I've got to honor the Lord in my marriage. I've got to honor the Lord. Instead of trying to convince God what you can do and get away with it, you begin to come to God and say, God, your grace and your power, I believe you can move in this marriage. I believe you can make me the right kind of man. I believe you can make her the right kind of woman. I believe that God can move in this life for us. Everything without God is chaotic. The Bible says that God walked out on nothing one day. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 verse 2. God walked out and everything was in chaos. Man, God, what God had created the universe was chaos. You know why? Because God wasn't able to be there. But all God did, He walked out and He began to speak into that chaos. And when He began to speak into that chaos, that chaos become in order. You understand what I'm saying? That's the way your life is in every area. Every area of our lives that I don't honor God in, God's not there. And every area of my life I'm not honoring is going to go into chaos. Now, you hear your pastor telling you that? Every area of your life that you're not honoring God in is eventually going to move into chaos. But every area of your life, every that you can come to the Lord with forgiveness... But God, oh, I tell you what, forgiveness reworks a whole lot of things, doesn't it? Every area of my life that I can come to God and I say, God, I was wrong in that area. I had me on the throne. Man, I was angry all the time. I was mad all the time. I was upset and thought I had a good reason for it. I'd bawl people out and I'd bawl you out and I would talk about this one. I'd, I'd talk about that and all the things that's going on. See, what I was going every time that you put you on your throne, you're not honoring God. And when you're not honoring God in various places in your life, God is constantly moving away from that area. You're setting that area up to be chaotic, and one day it can even be your destruction. But somebody said, but through forgiveness, through forgiveness and repentance... I can come to God and I can repent and say oh Lord I'm sorry that I did not honor you. I'm sorry I didn't honor you in my mind. When I allowed my mind to drift in the ways that were no man's land for me. I, when I allowed myself to say the things that is not right for me to say God. When I allowed myself to do the things that, that was not right for me to be involved with. It, I did out of rebellion to you God but I come to surrender and to honor you and to fear God in that part of my life I'm going to ask you real quick because we don't have much time if you've got an area that you know that you've been on the throne that you've not allowed God to sit on the throne I want you to quickly come here and join me here right now I'm not moving into a real feeling area of it but I think we have to come to a place that when we get to certain ages we just got to come to a place where I just have to bite the bullet I just have to bite the bullet and be willing. There's areas of my life that I know that I am not surrendered in that I know is a ticking time bomb. It's just a ticking time bomb that that God must help me in. And I can start it. I can start it right now this morning. I can start it with surrender and repentance. And God's given me all these wonderful, wonderful things. That will help me to turn it around before it's too late. Somebody shout before it's too late. Before it's too late. Before it gets into chaos. Before things get bad. God can help me to turn that thing around. Anybody else need to join these? If anybody else, then we're going to take a quick minute because it's really important that that's an honoring God. When I honor the Lord, when I come to God, I say, Lord, i been living right, talking right, doing right, believing right, or some there, Lord, I come to you and I ask your forgiveness and then Lord I come this morning to surrender I come Lord desiring to honor you in that part of my life we, we go ahead and just begin to feel your little prayer life there up begin to say those words to the Lord begin to just whisper them out there to the Lord and say God I've come I've come Lord to honor you Lord I want to honor you and Lord I come to ask forgiveness I ask you to forgive me ways of my life that I have not honored you. I've allowed my anger to, to raise. I've allowed my, my, uh, uh, my, my heart to be sunk. I've allowed depression discouragement, uh, despondency I've allowed myself to move into ways that I know is not honoring you. And God, I come this morning to determine that my life is going to be an honor of my Lord. Because the fear of God in my life is going to allow God to bring it into a ordered life. My life will become in order as I yield to you. Stephen, do you have words that could some way lead us into that presence of the Lord? Yes, God. through the chaos because no part of my life was ever meant to operate void of the presence of God. It's what makes it work. God the Creator created every area of my life with a need for His presence. So let's pray this together, could we? Could you say, Father, in Jesus name I ask your forgiveness forgive me for not honoring you in this area of my life I desire to surrender that area to you Lord and I will not quit Lord till I can honor you in that area Lord bring that area bring it into order Lord Bring it out of the chaos. Bring it out of the turmoil. Bring it out of the enemy's hand, God. That area of my life, Lord, let it no longer drift into no man's land. But help me, God. and Empower me to, to honor You, Lord, in Jesus' name. For Your glory, I pray. Amen. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, now, whatever it takes, you've got to be willing to do that. What that means is that there's not a one of us that can change. I, that's not what the Lord's not asking me to change myself. What the Lord is asking me to use the things that He's given me to help strengthen my life to where I can honor the Lord in that way and God's given us the power of the Holy Spirit give us grace give us mercy there's so many one, the power of forgiveness the power of repentance the, the, the power of authority I mean some of some of you demons have messed with your life and you're going to have to learn warfare to drive those demons out before you're ever going to find a real peace in that area others of you the weaknesses have opened that up because of childhood issues then, then you're going to have to find the grace of God that, that's going to be able to heal that wound And so what we did this morning, we just made a start in that direction. But I want you to know the battle's not over. But if we will begin to walk right and determine that we're going to surrender that be repentant every quick trying to right your wrongs begin to repent every time that issue comes up repent before God and ask him for his grace you will begin to drink in more and more and more and more and one day you're going to wade out into a river and one day that river is going to be so big that you're able to swim in it and everywhere That river flows. Healing will flow into your life in Jesus' name. God bless you.